The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post brand studio. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning from Indian Wells, California. I'm James Holman from the Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, January 30th. In today's news, the White House announces it will not implement sanctions on Russia. Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee moved to release highly classified material despite dire warnings from the Justice Department. And after being targeted by President Trump, the FBI Deputy Director steps down. But first, the big idea. The Koch network is getting very worried about 2018. The network led by the billionaire industrialist Charles Koch plans to spend about $400 million this election cycle on politics and policy. That's up from $250 million during the 2016 elections. Top strategists briefed their mega donors at a strategy session here on Monday about how bad the political environment is becoming for Republicans, and they outlined their top targets. Tim Phillips, the president of Americans for Prosperity, which is the main political arm of the network, drew many parallels to the 2010 midterm elections. That was when Barack Obama was president and Republicans picked up more than 60 seats and won control of the House. Phillips noted that there's one difference between now and then. This time, the Kochs are on defense. He predicted yesterday that 80 House races will be competitive on Election Day in November. That's about the same number that Democrats say are going to be competitive. It's comparable to 2010. And it's problematic for Republicans because they can only lose 24 seats for Nancy Pelosi to once again become Speaker of the House. Phillips told donors that they should be worried about the number of GOP lawmakers who are retiring in competitive districts. A PowerPoint presentation he was going through noted that there have been 15 such retirements this year. But Phillips had to clarify that the number should actually be 16, because just a few minutes before he took the stage, New Jersey Representative Rodney Frelinghuysen announced that he will not seek re-election. Phillips noted with a wince that it's only January. He told the group, quote, I'm a liberal arts major from Virginia Tech University, and that was a long time ago, so math is not my strong suit. But I know these are daunting numbers. Another top strategist for the Kochs, Emily Seidel, outlined a two-pronged strategy to try saving the Senate for Republicans. The first part of it is heavy early spending on television commercials to carpet bomb Democratic candidates before they can raise enough money to introduce themselves to voters. The second prong, massive investment in a huge field operation. The network plans to launch a direct mail initiative in the summer and then pivot to grassroots organizing efforts from the start of August through Election Day. Seidel said that the four Senate races the Kochs are most focused on are in Indiana, Wisconsin, Missouri, and Florida, all places Trump won in 2016 that are currently represented by a Democratic incumbent. There are 36 governor's races this year, and the Kochs are focused especially on five of them. Open seats in Nevada, Michigan, and Florida, as well as supporting Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker's bid for a third term, and trying to help Illinois Governor Bruce Rauner win a second term. Much is at stake for the conservative and libertarian-minded donors at the state and federal level. While the millionaires and billionaires here celebrated many victories in 2017, they know that a lot of these gains are fragile and can be rolled back if Democrats have a really big year. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, President Trump 
has decided against implementing new sanctions on Russia that were mandated by Congress. The latest peculiar move by the president to avoid antagonizing Vladimir Putin and the Kremlin, which of course actively supported his 2016 campaign. A State Department official claims that there's no need for these sanctions to be put in place because the legislation is serving as a deterrent. Experts in both parties scoffed at this specious spin. The Sanctions Act had passed Congress last year with broad, bipartisan support, clearing the Senate almost unanimously. The latest decision by Trump prompted immediate criticism from lawmakers, who lamented that the relationship between the White House and Congress is often worse than the relationship between Trump and Moscow. Number two, the House Intelligence Committee voted along party lines to release a highly disputed memo that accuses the FBI of misusing its authority in the ongoing investigation into Russian interference in the election, as well as possible collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russian government. The committee also voted against releasing a rebuttal memo from Democrats. The Department of Justice says that putting out this memo, which was written by Republican staffers who were trying to back up the president without allowing the Justice Department or the FBI to even review it first, is, quote, extraordinarily reckless. Experts warn that this move by House Republicans could endanger national security and compromise future intelligence gathering. Trump himself is pushing to put out the memo as part of a broader campaign to undercut the special counsel, Bob Mueller. House Speaker Paul Ryan, though, is standing by Republicans on the committee, led by Chairman Devin Nunez. He dismissed personal pleas from Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and FBI Director Chris Wray to keep this information secret. The vote by the Intelligence Committee gives the White House up to five days to intervene before the memo becomes public. Number three, Andy McCabe, the FBI's Deputy Director and a longtime target of Trump's criticism, abruptly stepped down yesterday. McCabe told friends that he felt pressured by the FBI director who Trump appointed, Chris Wray, to resign. Wray has raised concerns about a forthcoming Inspector General report examining the action of McCabe and other FBI officials during the 2016 campaign. Wray recommended that McCabe move into another job, which would have meant a demotion. Instead, McCabe chose to leave. Ray claims McCabe's departure wasn't influenced by political pressure from the White House. But if it turns out that McCabe was pressed to accelerate his planned retirement by Jeff Sessions or the president, it could become yet another data point in the case that Donald Trump is seeking to obstruct justice. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, January 30th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Homan, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.